Welcome to episode 8 of Building Blocks with Brendan. Today we're talking about heavy metal with Chris over at Thrashed. What's very interesting about this conversation is really how he got started in the industry in general. He started viewing going to concerts and going to festivals as a way to network and meet like-minded individuals. What this goes to show is that you don't always have to wear a suit and tie to make connections and really network. From there, Chris was able to build quite a huge following, being a part of a very successful YouTube channel, having hundreds of thousands of views, as well as being able to tour around the world with a band he was a part of. What's really interesting about this conversation as well is really how we got reconnected. Me and Chris were actually friends many, many fortnights ago, many moons ago, but way back in JK and SK and due to the power of the internet and social media, we were able to reconnect and really have this conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode and learn a little bit more about how you can take a passion and turn it into a dream and a business for yourself. What's really also cool about our conversation with Chris is how he keeps notes with him 24-7 and really promotes living a healthy lifestyle to really be creative and as successful as possible. Hopefully you guys take some insight into it and follow Chris on his endeavors. Chris, thanks for joining me. Funny enough, we were friends, maybe one of my first friends I ever remember back when we were legitimately children in you know kindergarten grade school. Um, and since then, you know, our world's came apart and with Corona kind of came back together connecting on social media. So what are you up to? Kind of, what's your story? Kind of what's your, your, your own story arc and kind of what are you doing today? Well, Brendan, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's great to reconnect with you. And it's certainly, certainly a long way from Mrs. Miss Marin's mm-hmm. SK class, I think back yeah. when, when we were younger. So, uh, so the, it, everything really revolved in my childhood around hockey uh, playing rep hockey, playing competitive hockey, and going into tryouts every April, it, a lot of that was you're selling yourself to a coach, you're selling yourself to a team. And towards the end of high school, as with a lot of people, you're, you're really evaluating what you want to do with your career. And I didn't really have a solid direction, but uh, my father, who, uh, much like yours as an immigrant as well, kept reinforcing, go do an undergrad, go to an undergrad. So I, I did my undergrad in finance, business, econ, and I didn't, I don't think I got out of the program as much as I wanted to have. I was at that point in my life, I was 17 years old. I just moved out of the house. I was young, young, wild and growing out my hair because I couldn't have long hair in high school. So I was transitioning from that kind of dorky, not, I, I could never quite get to junior A, but the the hockey guys thought I was too nerdy than the new nerdy guys thought I was too much of a jock. So kind of not really being able to fit in any anywhere, so to speak. So um, mm-hmm. there was a documentary uh, by a producer in Ontario called Sam Dunn, who I have had the the opportunity to work with. He's a phenomenal gentleman. He really le- released a documentary called Metal, A Headbanger's Journey, and it encompasses everything about metal culture to, to b- where the origins of the music, it's grassroots and blues and rock and roll. So a lot of my life has revolved around athletics, around music, and that, for me personally, that documentary, what really stuck out, stood out for me was the involvement with metal, that you can do anything, even if you don't play in a band, you can get involved with journalism. So I was just learning to play bass when I got out of high school because I wanted drums, and my dad, I wanted to be a drummer, actually. My dad said to me, no, I don't want band practice here, find something else. So I said, okay. So I went on Kijiji, and I thought, huh. Everyone wants a bassist. So I thought, okay, let's play the bass. That night, sat next to the upright bassist. Uh, 
So in, in the Toronto music industry, I just started as a journalist for a website called Metal Master Kingdom and then doing community engagement on Facebook through their page. Uh, I, the name escapes me. I want to call it Head, Headbanger. I can't remember off the top of my head, but at that point, I was just starting to attend concerts. This was 2011, starting my undergrad. And then I joined uh, album reviews as well, going to concerts. And then uh, April 2012, I joined my first band. And at the time, I was just the bassist in that position quickly escalated from me booking the shows, doing the marketing promotions, printing off the merchandise, uh, fronting the band, getting interviews set up, the PR, everything. And then through some tumultuous relationships and um, a lackluster producer relationship towards 2014, 2015, the band started fizzling out. And I was just, I, I was at every, I spent all of my money on going to concerts as a kid because for me, I saw concerts as, not only an outlet, but that was my networking. Every everyone, every metalhead in Toronto was going to be at this show, at whatever show. So for me, I started showing up to concerts with uh, cannabis and business cards in pocket to make friends. So it started off just um, yeah. small asides like that, connecting with people, and people started recognizing me because as the years went on, my band would play bigger shows. And around twenty fifth, around 2015, 2014, 2015, when things started falling apart. I got hit up by my uh, former business partner, Julian Hoffman of J-Hoff Films, which is his YouTube channel. And at the time, the channel was at maybe 20 or 25,000 subscribers. I was a fan of them just because I knew they were from Toronto and some skits were shot in the North York area, uh, being a student there, recognizing that. And I just introduced myself to him at a concert one day. I said, hey, my name's Chris. And we had each other on social media. And then one day, September 2015, he called me up and said, hey, I'm shooting this video called How to Make Metalhead Friends. Do you think you'd be down to be a part of it? And I said, sure. What do I have to do? He just said, just be yourself and bring your denim vest, which I wore every day at that point in my life. Because yeah. nothing, nothing says metal like the Boy Scout jacket with all the patches on it. So, yeah. so we shot that video. It was shot on an iPhone. I thought nothing of it. I just did it as, okay, I have nothing to do this weekend. Um... I was trying to get involved with other bands and they weren't doing gigs. So I did the video, thought nothing of it. Then the next, I'll never forget, the next day my Facebook blew up and I thought, oh God, I got into an argument with someone else again. And then what it turns out was the video went viral overnight. Um, Metal Hammer UK, Metal Injection, MetalSucks.com, UltimateGuitar.com, uh, Songster, every music media outlet picked up on this video because it was just me chasing this guy around the mall, harassing him because he had a Lamb of God t-shirt on and me just being the overly eager person to talk about music with. So from there, I had left my band and I kind of fell out of love with music. I was really disheartened with the state of the music industry and how things operated, especially with promoters in the city. There's only a handful of good people. There's a lot more people that are just out there to make a quick buck off of young, naive musicians, which is really disheartening because Music does a lot more than that. Not only has it, for speaking personally, inspired creatively and given me a sense of being, but it's very therapeutic for for people to connect over music and get involved with. So I was doing J-Haw films from, or and then the, helped rebrand it to JHF during the course of my undergrad, and I was bartending all throughout that time. So I, I, everything from cross-promotion, from going to concerts, meeting people, bartending, 
Um, I was doing gigs all over the city, bartending gigs all over the city. I was working with a company called The Butler Did It. Um, I served, uh, actually served your dad champagne one time. He was doing a talk about, um, I can't remember, but it was over at the Mississauga Convention Center. Stephen Harper was there. And, but I was just one of the butlers holding out a train. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I did Vell Digital Dreams and I would just, I connected with everyone. I, I'm a fan of music. I'll talk to anyone if mm-hmm. they have the time to, to talk yeah. to me or listen to me about whatever. So, uh, and then I personally feel that JHF hit its, hit its peak in 2019 when we went to Heavy Montreal to film Slayer's final, final show in Canada. Uh, that was the other big thing, being able to work with one of my favorite bands growing up being Slayer, because uh, one of the videos that we did, I was in Greece with my family visiting relatives in 2018, and Jayhoff kept pushing me, yeah, just film something, just film something. And I was on the Parthenon, and I was looking at it, and there was a little bet, and there was a bench in front, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if someone stood on that thing and just screamed Slayer? And then it became a thing, and then once again, mm-hmm. that video skyrocketed and then we're getting local media coverage in Greece and things were blowing up worldwide. So 2019 being able to do uh, Slayer's last show, uh, I got to work with Sam Dunn to talk about the end of Slayer's career on his platform, Banger TV. I filmed my first tour documentary, Firepower Kills Tour with my friends in California and Warbringer and over in Europe, the boys in Enforcer. And um, working working with a lot of my favorite bands, Exodus, Municipal Waste. And uh, just with the pandemic, it really, the pandemic really demonstrated that where we were at creatively, as much as we got into this with the right intentions, we both loved comedy. We're both huge Larry David fans. And it would turn from a love of comedy and love of metal. It just, it, it just really showed that we were at different places. Julian, was uh, studied screenwriting at York. Um, I was a business background guy. I was the one trying to come up with, okay, who are we going to connect with? Um, be it the Ridge, a Ridge Wallet promo or whatever. And Julian had a much different approach to things. He didn't want an upload schedule. He enjoyed the ambiguity. And I that that's not what I'm about. That's, that's not how you build a successful brand yeah. by being ambiguous, especially with your audience. And for me personally, especially once I started recovery, uh, January, 2021, I felt I felt that I was disingen I was being disingenuous by portraying a character that I didn't believe in, and it was just it for the longest time it was just yeah I'm going to do this forever I'm going to do this forever, but then at some point and I think recovery had a lot to do with that when you really reconnect with your authentic self that I realized I don't want to be doing this I want to do more than this because Julian wanted to stick strictly to skits, but I wanted to do more than that I wanted to connect with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I'm in the midst of working on a mental health podcast with my friend, John from Buffalo over at Noise Dosage Media called uh, Mental Versus Mental, because that was one of the first things I mentioned in, in my public statement, because that was, that was also something very awkward, which was addressing, um, because like I said, the the channel started at 20,000 when I left, it amalgamated to 167,000, you know, uh, platinum plaque from YouTube HQ and everything. And then just, yeah, it was, and then working with all these bands and then the fear of what if people don't like you anymore because you're not, you're, you're not at the over a hundred thousand echelon or whatever, but I'm, I I gotta say I'm much happier doing my, my own, my own thing now. Uh, the content is a lot more, the content that I'm doing now is a lot more 
your towards how I want to present to the audience, the certain calls to actions yeah. and just the branding as well. Uh, there was a, Julian never wanted to do anything outside of patches and I wanted to do t-shirts, hats, glassware. Um, that was another thing. Uh, Julian, he wasn't a fan of um, stoner comedy for lack of a better term, be it the Seth Rogans of the industry or what have you. Whereas I, I would like to be tongue in cheek with that because uh, the Chris Thrash character was yeah. a lot of self-deprecation about thrash metal that, oh, thrashers never wash their clothes. Their hair is always dirty and messy and uncapped mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh, man, I tell you, I spend an hour on my hair a day. Don't worry about that. So uh, just getting just getting yeah. to that authentic self and, and, and just mm -hmm. being able to connect with my audience the way I, I want to. Um, one of the most inspiring mm -hmm. conversations I had with my audience was after um, my girlfriend, Stephanie, Stephanie uh, one of her best friends uh took her own life over the quarantine and just connecting with the audience about mental health issues because it's such a neglected topic and i certainly know growing up through the education system i i i sorely could have used some sort of aid at some point in my life but it was taboo it was mm -hmm. oh just suck it up i remember going to authority uh, teachers when i was a kid being bullied in high school and saying mm -hmm. i'll suck it up be a man have a faster comeback or whatever and ingraining a lot of those toxic traits that you you take on into adulthood and you don't realize it. So mm -hmm. uh, now I am focused uh, strictly on Thrashed Incorporated, which is my own business, my own company uh, for my image representation and all my creative endeavors. Uh, I want to collaborate with everyone. So not only just metal skits, um, mm -hmm. my, my family doctor is willing to come on to have a conversation with me about mental health. Uh, I'm in the midst of writing a script for my lawyer, making fun of myself for how I started the company and everything. And right now it's just uh, flip up hats, stickers and embroidered patches. Uh, I'm in the midst of launching a beer with Henderson Brew Company and my friends over at Vox and Hops. Uh, shout out to my friend, Matt McGackie, vocalist of Cryptopsy. And he has his own podcast where he talks about craft beer and metal. And I'm just excited to be collaborating with more people and uh, growing thrashed into thrashed records so I can start self-releasing my my music on for my band eviscerator which hopefully I can have out either quarter one or quarter two 2022 given the pandemic and having bandmates in California as well and the need to travel so yeah. there's a lot of moving pieces right now uh tightening the belt a little bit but I gotta say I'm having fun with it I like my own schedule I like being able to wake up on my own uh, go for a run Part of my morning routine now is having a coffee and going on Discord, talking to my fans on there and just interacting with them on the voice chat thread or going to the show off room and seeing what they're working on or the status of their jackets. Because uh, more often than not, when I meet a fan at a show, it's you inspired me to pick up an instrument. You inspire me to make a battle jacket, a uh, battle jacket being a vest with all your band's favorite patches and what have you. So it's awesome. It's just awesome being able to connect at my own pace and not having to wait for the next concert to go uh, give someone a high five. Uh, one of my favorite segments I do is Fed Exodus, where I go to, if there's a fan that orders something in the greater Toronto area, I show up to their front door and deliver it to them. And with uh, with the pandemic and social distancing, um, I bring my hockey stick with me and I do the social distancing stick, which was a bit I did. Uh, I actually got kicked out of yeah. a Sobeys doing that. <laughs> At the beginning of the pandemic, because I was just going one stick length apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the manager was following me and my girlfriend. She was filming. Like, we actually bought groceries, too. 
and yeah. I and people were laughing. They thought it was funny because it was so tense back then. And then, and then, and then someone in the produce came up to me and said, "Not with a stick, sir." And then they escorted me off the premises. But but now it's turned into a gig where I'll shoot people their merchandise. It's disinfected and everything, and yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. And I'm excited to get back on the road because ultimately in the music industry, as much as I can connect with people on social media, nothing replicates meeting your favorite artist at the merch table. And that's something that I took from my friends in Warbringer. Yeah. That, you know what you said is kind of interesting about your story. And I feel it's something that a lot of people don't realize is and it could be because of your you know, hockey background or even from your education, is that everything can be treated like a business or viewed as a way of getting, I don't, I don't know if you say ahead in life, or like there should be more value to doing everything. I know for you, you're saying like your networking events as everyone always tries to go to, I mean, going through business school twice pretty much, they're always like, go to a networking event, hand out your business card. And a lot of times I felt them, I found them very ineffective for me. It was talking to people that I was not interested to, interested in it all or had nothing to say and then i started going to my own like my own networking events which were typically like at events i was interested in so like for esports going to like video game competitions or for anything else just networking with people i was interested in how you said you're spending money on going to concerts which were obviously fun how you said okay i want i'm interested in this industry i want to go farther in this industry. i'm going to use this as a way of getting out there and talking to people and I know for me, like talking to people is always the most nerve wracking thing, even in a concert setting, but how you were like, I'm assuming, was it easy for you just to walk up to people and start conversations or did you make a game plan for it? Or how did that start? Was it initially your the idea was to network or did you just start making friends, business contacts and you start realizing, oh, hey, I could actually use this for more than just fun, but to better my brand. Um, when I was younger and I would be, I, I, I'll be I'll be honest. Uh, when I was younger, I leaned heavily on cannabis and alcohol at shows, which especially in the music industry is always readily available. When I was a kid, it was just out of a love for oh my because in high school I didn't I didn't have anyone that I could talk about metal with. I had uh, one friend that went to a different school. He went to Gonzaga. I went to a school on Bathurst and St. Clair. So I didn't. So I didn't have anyone in my vicinity to geek out about this music I was so passionate about. So when I was younger, it was just going to concerts and just soaking everything in and loving it. And then just saying, oh, by the way, yeah, I write and do reviews for this website or whatever. And then once I joined a band, going to concerts, there was a purpose to it. There was, okay, yeah, go enjoy the show, grab the t-shirt, whatever, but realize you're there representing yourself, you're representing your band. And so for me, that realization came at a fairly young age, I would say when I was 18 years old. And the the means of it is just the me, the means of it has just changed over the years because it's been at one point it was doing journalism, at another point it was fronting my old band and then being a part of JHF. And now it's just me. I don't have to it's just my own my own music, my own YouTube channel. And what you were kind of, what you touched on before, which is kind of interesting, is for a lot of artists and you know musicians being as artistic as they can be, a lot of times the whole aspect of making it a business or at least making it structured sometimes can seem difficult or against the art. Like, hey, how are you? How am I supposed to be creative between nine to five? Like, I just need to express myself. But 
and this is similar. I talked to a lot of people who work within like social sustainability businesses or like eco startups. They have a huge mit. They have a vision. They have a mission. They want to help the world, but you still have to pay the bills and market. Like people are just not going to come to you because they're going to find you. Like you have to be out there. How did do you find it difficult? trying to be, you know, creative, being an artist, and then also trying to think through a business lens? Do you find they affect one another? Do you think they can cohabitate easily? Or do you think it is a challenge for a lot of people to kind of wear both hats because they can be seen vastly different? Um, it, it can't, it, it, I would certainly say it is difficult, uh, speaking from experience growing up. Mm -hmm. I've always made that connection, though, just because it was ingrained in me because my dad, as much as uh, my parents were supportive of me and they were excited to hear I was doing music. It was a question of, okay, but how are you going to put gas in the tank? Okay, how are you going to get money for the next um, big equipment purchase that you need? Mm -hmm. So the, I, and I think that's where the difference really is between wanting to being creative and then wanting to make a difference. If you want to actually make a difference, if you want to see a project or a goal through, you need to have structure. And for some reason, a lot of creatives... Um, view structure or that business as taboo, so to speak. And I think that that just demonstrates a lack of maturity and a lack of readiness to actually put out their genuine self to the world because there be it a uh, fear of criticism or a fear of being told that what they're doing isn't right or isn't good enough. Because like you just said, for a lot of people, it's just that it's just a creative outlet. But if someone wants to, for it to be just that a creative outlet, then keep it to that. Don't, don't drag people down. And certainly when you're, when it, when you're doing something you're passionate about, you, you, you want, you want that person to share the same drive as you. For me, I didn't have my old, my old, my old band bandmate, uh, didn't recipro reciprocate that when I was doing my undergrad, my old partner didn't reciprocate the same need for a schedule for a structure the way I did. We're talking about being more aloof versus more active. So it is frustrating, but that's mm -hmm. something I think that's a question of yourself of separating your passion from your goal. Because if you want to get to a goal, not only do you, have, do you have to have someone creative, you have to have someone equally passionate and willing to put in the hours. Because that was the first thing I did when I started working with, with uh, funny enough, my uh, my former goaltender for the Cannabis Leafs and co-worker at the Absinthe Pub at York University, Brian Glazer of Glazed Media. He's my editor now. And First thing we did was, okay, when's our meeting day? Every Sunday afternoon, we're going to get together, have a beer, and talk about what the game plan is, what, how, how we're going to storyboard ideas, how we're going to do talking heads for certain videos. And then now with my Discord, the mods are my best friends, um, Trevor, Tatiana, V, Kayla, shout out, and my girlfriend, Stephanie. And shout out to all of them who are all incredible creatives in their own right. Trevor is a graphic designer. He actually did my first t-shirt for my own YouTube channel. So it's about surrounding yourself with not only the creatives, but the driven creatives, the people that, that aren't that that aren't looking for, okay, how am I going to reward myself? People looking to better themselves because that's what I do with my friends. When we're not, uh, for, for my other friends, they do have day jobs. Uh, and for me, I'm just fully committed to being the creative and being in this industry for over a decade now and, and trying to have a linear chronology and certainly the opportunity that social media has given our generation to have that opportunity to have a linear business or a linear following throughout the ages. So connecting with the right people that are motivated and ready to structure and shovel shit 
at 9 a.m. Because sometimes <laughs> sometimes it won't go according to plan. You won't always get rewarded. You won't always get 100,000 views on a video. You won't always get as many people. It's about the process, though. If you have a good process, you're going to have a good mm-hmm. product. And that's something I can take to the bank. And that makes a lot of sense. Like what you said, if you have a good process, you have a good product. And I think that's one of the things, especially when I talk to a lot of individuals who are having, tra- you know, if they're in, they want to like you said, develop a personal brand, they want to have that story arc. I mean, you can develop a brand without even having to create anything. Just you as a person, making sure people understand who you are. But one of the things you touched on, which was interesting, was that people having to shovel this shit, like you said, like get in the weeds and do stuff. And like you saying, when you were in the band, you were a hockey player, you did so many things. You wore so many hats during it. And you obviously don't like everything you're doing, but you have, things have to get done to see results. Yeah. Do you find that kind of going through all those different stages, working for those different bands, kind of coming from athletic background as well, has made you more adaptable, has helped you? Or what, what do you think has helped you the most have the success you've had now? Would it would be one thing? Would it be a specific experience, or is it just an accumulation of going through so many iterations that figuring out? Heck, I kind of know everything now that, or at least I know enough now to get things going. Mm-hmm. Uh, a combination of past experiences, as you so eloquently put, and for me personally, uh, my passion planner. Uh, this has been the best investment as an entrepreneur. Um, there's a space of infinite possibility to do all, to write down whatever you need to write down. Just having everything scheduled, having this week's focus, uh, good things that happened in the week prior, a work to-do list, a personal to-do list. Uh, time management, I would say, is probably quintessential in that capacity of when you're, as you as you said, wearing all those hats. Yeah, I don't like filling out custom forms for two hours, but I know if I do it while I'm doing my coffee in the morning, I can just focus on streaming and whatever videos I want to create the rest of the day. So, sorry, my computer's telling me I'm low on battery here. Um, so, so time management, I would say is probably the most important and just cultivating a harmonious relationship with your work, with your work hours and with your own personal hours. If I didn't do cardio once a day, I would not get the same, the the same output on a day-to-day basis. If I didn't, uh, try to avoid processed and inflammatory foods, I wouldn't have the same focus that I do during the day. Um, intermittent fasting as well has been uh, huge for me as well, just maintaining a, a structured and regimented routine. And you know, call that being ingrained from um, athletics to being in a band to uh, being the son of uh, of an immigrant with that same dri- driven desire to make something of themselves here. Mm-hmm. So I think a combination of all of that, but uh, I really got to got to give credit to my girlfriend that really that really got me on my feet and my passion planner and just focusing on yeah. time management. I, you, because to this day, there's sometimes where I look at my passion planner and think, shit, that hour could have been spent doing something else. You could have brushed up on theory. You could have done a few more mm-hmm. scales today. So mm-hmm. um, time management, I'd say time man- time management, eating right and sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene has been huge because at this point, I've hit, as my girlfriend calls, the uh, old man part of my life where I'm in bed by 9, 9.30, or I'm falling asleep during the Leafs or Raptors game. But I feel happy getting up at 6.30. Yeah. I have I, I have purpose. 6.30 hits, okay. Um, vitamin C shot, coffee's on the pot, go for a run, come back, get the day started. And then so it doesn't become 
they, the day doesn't become a mountain by the time noon hits. By the time noon hits, okay, I've already gotten the the chore the chores done, the custom slips done. I already fired a few emails off, mm-hmm. so I know with who I need to connect today. So just trying to cultivate that harmonious relationship with body, mind, and work ethic. What you touch on is so interesting. So one of the things, especially working for a mental health company, and a lot of things is that, and most successful people I've spoken to, very rarely do they say like, oh, I don't sleep. Most of them, and there's always a few who like to brag about it, but most of them are like, oh yeah, I, I don't, I you know, go to bed at nine or 10, I wake up at six. I don't pull all nighters because I mean, sometimes you have to, but I have good sleep. I eat healthy. I, one thing you also know, most of them do work out as well. It's like you were saying, I think people don't realize that like success in one avenue of your life, whether it be your health impacts, your mental state impacts, your work success. Everything is so interconnected. And it's one of those things where it's not obvious. I mean, in university, I think the problem is people pull all all nighters and they're like, Oh, I was successful or unsuccessful because of that. But if you talk to people, and it could be in your 20s. You can just live harder than you can when you're older. But most people you speak to, it's very rare you'll meet someone who's successful and says, I don't sleep. I eat very unhealthy and I don't work out. There's always those people you can pull up. But most people have a very holistic life because when your sleep sucks, you're not creative. And there's a direct correlation between like your quality of sleep and how creative and how alert you are. And I like how you touched on it. And journaling. When I got back, when I got into fitness, they were like, write a journal. Like, cook track your reps so you know your progression you can see what's going on and i'm like i hate writing stuff down i'm not going to do it i talk to entrepreneurs they're like oh i you know like you said i write a journal i talk to someone else they're like oh i write a journal i'm like oh every single industry does this like records your progress records your past just see future success and it's all these consistent things are never hard within themselves like going to bed it's just these things initially don't make a big impact they're like oh i went to bed an hour early today I don't feel any different, but over time, massive success changes and can really change your life around in many different ways. So you're now creating everything on your own. You started in apparel brands, kind of what's the future for you? Kind of where do you see things going from here? You're saying you're really kind of in it good now. You have a good structure now. You kind of are really on the rocket ship as it seems. I really appreciate the kind words uh, for the future. It's really looking towards preparing for when the entertainment industry goes into full swing again so asking myself how can i get on the road um preparing my lineup preparing my ep so a lot of my creative uh, prowess right now is being focused on the music aspect the first time in a while but aside from that i want to do i want to connect with the community more Um, i'm part of the mlsc foundation and i want to get involved in the community more i know there's a lot of events that happen uh connecting underprivileged youth to sport and i think you know i think that and as you adequate so adequately put having that relationship with a healthy mind and body goes a long way so i want to get involved with the community a bit more um i would like to i want to do my own i want to connect with a few other brands too um i have an idea for my own air force ones that i want to do with nikes so um i would love to do a basketball jersey don't put blood in them lil nas x didn't do that yeah I was just I, saying, uh, watch out with the Nikes and Lil Nas X. Might not put some human blood in there. Either that's great marketing or bad marketing, but that's all it reminded me of with the uh, Nike shoes with blood in them that didn't go as well as planned or went better than planned because it was the biggest news outlet forever. I mean, you, yeah. you, you never know until you try, right? 
So uh, connect, connecting with some of my favorite brands, so uh, be it Nike, Champion Sports, or, or working with some of my favorite teams. Uh, I love how the National Hockey League has taken the initiative with the Hockey is for Everyone campaign. And that's something that's part of the Thrash brand is uh, we'll, um, there's stickers that we give out. Um, and one of them says metal is for everyone. And that's something that I, I really believe now more than ever, be it with the tumultuous social issues going on in the United States or worldwide. Now more than ever, we need to be harmonious with one another. We need to look out for one another. And there, why, why, why not? To me, ultimately, it's a question of who, who's, who's to stop now. I would love to, if someone wants to do a heavy metal yoga thing with me, I'm, I'm down to do it. Someone wants to do a cooking segment with me, I'm down to do it. So sky's the limit. I'd love to work with MLSE, uh, Nike Champion, as I mentioned, um, Jackson Guitars at some point for my own signature model as well. So sky's the limit. I want to do, I want to have glassware. I want to do mugs. I want to do, it, it, I, there's new ideas every day. That's why I have the passion planner out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that and that's what you're saying it once you have your own brand it's easier to branch out to other things because you have consistent thread through everything it's not like oh why you know why is chris doing this how is it connected it's like oh his story arc is all connected no matter where you go it's like oh this all makes sense so that your fans and your followers can really connect with you on every step of the way one thing we did touch on as well was discord which for many people probably never heard of discord unless you're a gamer how do you use Discord? Kind of, how did you come across it? Why is it so good? Because everyone now I talk to, especially within whether it be branding, all have these very lively discords where I've never heard of it ever before until the past few years. Mm -hmm. So what? So Discord uh, was brought to my attention by my friend Trevor. Uh, you can follow him at Twitch at Twenty Gore Seven, and Eye of Saturn is his artist handle. So. Um, he Trevor's a lot more involved in the video game community, and he's been active on Twitch. He actually introduced me to that platform back in 2018, and at that time, I was just focused on acting and and my undergrad and what have you. So, I didn't get involved. I probably should have gone onto it back then. Uh, what Discord is? It's another social media platform, and what I really enjoy about it is that you can create different channels. So there's so for my for my Discord, the Thrash Discord, it's an invite-only avenue, so you can set your Discords to being public, invite-only, so you can control the community and move about and grow as you see fit, which, which is something I really enjoy because it doesn't become a mountain of, of, ver, of vernacular from people that are just want to spam a Discord. It's people that are looking for something, people that look to grow in a capacity. So on my Discord, we've got the general chat where I check in with everyone every morning once I get the coffee going. Uh, there's the Friday night movie thread where every Friday night we get together and with the advent of social media, we can stream movies and watch them together. Uh, there's a voice chat for people that are in between on break for work or in between classes that just want to feel the comfort of talking about their favorite music with someone else. There's the show-off room where people uh, will will show their music, their vests, their uh, drawings, their podcasts, everything. So it's really great because it, it's an amalgamation of all these different avenues of creativity. And it feels more like it, it feels it has a very homely feeling because if it were up to me, I would only mm -hmm. use Instagram and Discord. If it, if I wasn't a public figure, I would strictly use Instagram and Discord. 
because Discord satiates that community feeling and you get to do fun stuff like gaming on there, watching movies on there. It's really easy to integrate technology in there. And I think Discord Discord is Discord's booming. Uh, there's even a Discord for COVID-19 vaccine, vaccine clinics. Uh, there's a startup business. The name escapes me. I just heard it on the Steve Dangle podcast the other day. But Discord's huge. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Discord overtake uh, YouTube as the most used social media app in Canada. And I think what you were saying, I found it for community aspects, the best way to really have foster community and as well as like get out updates. Like I know a lot of organizations use it even for like shipping and stuff, being like, hey, order was delayed. Everyone can check up, kind of have questions there. I found it as simple as it is, so helpful, especially for anything community involved because people internally can share. We have a network and as well as you as you know, the owner running it or even running a business through it, you can really get out messages in a way a blank email will never feel the same because you can actually talk and have voice and it's much more personal, especially now during COVID that physical and virtual connection a lot of times is missing. So for people that want to you know, follow the journey, follow Thrash, what are your handles? How do people get in touch, get involved? Uh, people can follow me at Chris Thrash on Instagram. That's two S's. And they can follow me at at, um, why am I blanking my own socials right now? Uh, Chris Sutsos on Facebook, uh, Chris mm -hmm. Thrash on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube, you can follow me at Thrash TV. And you can go on thrash.ca to see all the new drops, all the newest announcements. And if you go into my Instagram bio, there's a link tree to all of my active projects. So people can check out everything from the latest Thrash TV video to my latest merch drop to when I'm going to, and then in my bio, I'll usually put a countdown or a call to action for when the next drop or next video is coming out. So thank you so much for having me on here. And I hope we can connect in person at some point when the pandemic has died down. For sure.